Bibles here today to the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus chapter number three, and we're going to start reading in verse number seven, Exodus chapter three and verse number seven, and I'm going to read some familiar scripture here uh, this morning. As you're turning there, if you would stand with us uh, for the reading of God's word this morning, and uh, always appreciate the word of God, what he would speak to our hearts, amen, here today. Exodus chapter 3, starting at verse number 7. If you're there with me, won't you say amen? The Bible says, and the Lord said, here he is speaking unto Moses, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land, and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, Canaanites, excuse me, the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. One preacher said all the ites lived there. Amen. The Beaumontites, the Viterites, the Orangeites, they's all there. Amen. This morning, if I can, with the help of the Lord, it's a little bit of a unique thought, but I want to preach this morning on Amen. Oh my, it's mine. Amen. Somebody say it with me. Amen. Oh my, it's mine. Amen. The Lord will help us this morning. Can we pray together one more time? Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray as always, anoint your word. I know that it will go and accomplish what it's sent to do. It will not return void. And Lord, in my incapabilities, in my inferiorities, I'm asking your anointing that you would help me. Lord, bring clarity to mind and and in my lips, Lord, all the preaching that is done, let it glorify you. I pray you would open our hearts and our ears and help us to hear and receive. Lord, let your word be planted deep in the hearts of each and every one. And I ask God, let us leave this place different and we're quick to give you thanks and praise. And all that loving would say one more time, amen and amen. You can be seated here this morning. Amen, oh my, it's mine. Here this morning, I'm going to present to you three different thoughts, three different phases. Maybe we could even use the term three different seasons, if you will. And we're going to look here at the Word of God at a little bit of the history, the path that we find the children of Israel in. You know, your pastor by now, I typically tend to be just the way that God deals with me. Not that that would ever change or that I would ever deviate from that. I, I certainly would, but typically I'm, I'm a three-point preacher. Now those three points might take me an hour and 15 to get there. Just because I'm three-point preacher doesn't mean I wrap it up in a hurry. Amen. 
But I was thinking here in regards to, uh, to here we are in this, uh, this brand new new year, as seven days in, and, and some would say, Brother Jake, I can assure you right now, after seven days of 24, the excitement anew has wore off already. Amen. I hope maybe that's not you, but maybe the truth of the matter is it might be. And, and uh, we are talking and have been talking about and, and oftentimes discussions, maybe as you as a family, you as an individual, maybe you've had conversations with friends or loved ones of different things that you're looking to accomplish. I don't think that there's a new page that turns in our lives, uh, in our history without uh, that sense of anticipation of things that are going to transpire, things that are going to take place. And that's natural. And it is, it's a time of, I tend to be, let me just put it to you this way, I tend to be very excited, I tend to be very optimistic, I tend to look forward to various things uh, that are before us, whether they be known or whether they be unknown. Uh, already very quickly it, 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 it seems that the uh, calendar starts to fill up and, and very quickly different things uh, whether it's in the next couple of weeks or brother Jimmy if it's in the next few months we just dates start coming and you start planning and preparing and whether it's for the church or whether it's uh, things that are of significance in your life or your family whatever the case might be but we all understand this we all understand these different types of things and I, I will assure you of the fact that uh, and I don't say this to sound cliche I don't sound this just to be sounding like uh, well that's what preachers should say or do but here's some things that we know we do know that God's promises uh, they go before us amen uh, they are with us today uh, when I went to bed last night uh, when I woke up the this morning uh, those mercies were brand new those promises were made available loving kindness was still there brother Tillotson uh, David said his loving kindness is greater than life uh, amen as I picked up the word of God this morning brother Marvin I was glad to know that his word is still the same amen uh, his word doesn't change like the title of a newspaper his word doesn't change topics like it does on the nightly news it's still the good news and his word is faithful his word is forever settled in heaven these are some things I can tell you about 24 these are some things I can tell you in the newness of this year that there are things that will not change as a matter of fact we come to find brother Josh is that the word of God said that in him there is no variableness what does that mean mean God's not up one day and down the next God doesn't look at situations and say well I meant it for now but not for then have you ever found yourself as a parent and before you make a bold proclamation to your child of something you're going to do where you're going to go what you're going to partake in that a wise parent learns to put a break on their mouth a wise parent learns to, con to construct uh, the, uh, the event uh, because I will promise you this uh, your child cannot remember to get their jacket from 
school. Your child cannot remember to clean their room. Your child cannot remember the homework assignment they were sent home with. Your child will lose memory of what you said from the living room to their bedroom. I mean, it'll ooze out of their ear. They can't remember. But you let yourself tell them, we're going to the zoo in two weeks. You tell them, we're going to go do this. Or daddy's going to buy this. Or mama's going to take you there. I promise you, every minute of the hour, they're going to come in out of the blue. You remember when you said this? You remember when you said, I wish my daughter's memory was as good on every other thing as it is when I tell her what something I said I was going to do. I mean, just out of the blue, she'll come. Hey, you remember when you said that? Yes, how in the world do you remember something that I said? That's not going to happen for three more months. But you're just making sure that I'm aware of what's going on. Come on here. And I've learned, Sister Wanda, I should I say I'm learning ing ing that's future progressive amen i'm learning i'm progressing in the sense i hope i'm becoming a little bit wiser sister karen sometimes i'll have to say now look maybe it's something i say if weather permits we can go here or if uh, if time permits we'll do this or if this situation happens amen because baby if it don't happen they'll remind she'll be 55 years old i'll be in the nursing home and she'll come in and say i still remember when I was 13 years old and we were supposed to <laughs> Brother Keith gave me an amen I remember there's some of you adults you're sitting here and I'm resurrecting bitter feelings right now some of you never went on that pony ride some of you some of you said I, I still haven't been to the Houston Zoo my parents dropped the ball you're going to have to pray it through this morning amen Amen. Because something was said, a promise was made, circumstances happened. Maybe your mom and daddy couldn't help it. Maybe something came up and it couldn't be done. But I say all that to say this. Here's what I do know when I talk about God's promises and I talk about His Word and I talk about His holiness and I talk about His power and I talk about His healing virtue and I talk about His blood and I talk about the Spirit and I talk about his goodness and his mercy. David even declared, he said, I've been young and now I am old. But when I look back, my father has never forsaken me, nor has his seed ever been begging for bread. He even said, goodness and mercy, everywhere I turn, they follow me all the days of my life. I want to let somebody know this morning, the promises of God are still yes and amen. His word still works. His blood still flows. His spirit still fills. His goodness is still experienced. Oh, it is the amen. It is what you are doing right now. You can clap and you'll nod. Oh, yeah. Woo, hallelujah. We, it's fun to amen. It's fun to rejoice when we look at these things. Brother Josh, we know they are unchanging. We know his word says it to be true. We have lived it. We have experienced it. We have seen him perform it. But the problem oftentimes with amen is amen is excitable. Amen is a Sunday morning. 
Amen. It's during revival. And looky here, I'm just throwing my stuff everywhere. Somebody say amen. All right. I'll put it in here in safety. Amen is comfortable. Amen is something when I mean it just feels like heaven is tangible. I want you to notice something here. We start with the amen. What do you mean by that, Brother Jacob? God spoke to Moses on the backside of that wilderness through that burning bush. And he said, I've heard the cry of my people. I've seen the cruelty of the taskmasters in Egypt. And he said, I have come. I am going to take them out. I'm going to use you, Moses. I'm going to utilize you. And I'm not here to go through all that conversation. But Sister Lindy, we find that God is speaking to Moses. And I want to remind you, anytime God speaks, it's concrete. It's concrete. He doesn't look for loopholes. He isn't backing out of a contract. You can take it all the way back to Abraham. This point where he is going to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt and bring them into a promised land. Brother James, this went all the way back into Genesis, all the way back to Abraham. When he told Abraham, he said, I'm going to make your seed great. I'm going to make you a mighty nation. Wherever your foot is, uh, that land, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you houses you didn't build, and you're going to have crops and harvest uh, from fields you didn't plant. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to, I'm going to be your God, and you'll be my people these were promises spoken hundreds of years before and for some that were still holding on to those promises it seemed like God was a long way away but the amen was God was speaking to Moses and he said this is what I'm going to use you to do and he said this is what's going to happen I'm going to bring them out of Egypt there's going to be signs and wonders we all know or most of us know the plagues that were going to hit Egypt these were things that were going to prove to the Israelites to Moses and also the Egyptians of God's power and sovereignty these things were going to happen signs, wonders, supernatural things we find that when God heard the cry of his people he says now it's time to act now I'm going to make a way to bring them out I want you to understand when Moses goes into Egypt he was saying he asked the Lord he said who do I tell him sent me he said you tell him that I am sent you Moses stood there before Pharaoh you remember one of the first encounters he stood there before Pharaoh and he said that and I'm paraphrasing but he said the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob the I am has said to let his people go and Pharaoh he laughed he mocked and the word of God said Said that Moses threw that staff down and it become a serpent and those magicians and soothsayers and devil worshipers were all standing there and they threw their rods down and they turned into snakes but the, the snake, the rod of Moses went and ate up all the other snakes. He picked it up. The waters turned to blood. Flies and lice and frogs boils and, and all kinds of darkness 
was over the land and what was God doing? He was stating, I am the God of heaven. Egypt was a place that served many gods, a plethora of gods. But Brother Gerard, God was backing his word. He was confirming his amen. He was letting the people know, I am that I am. Is there anybody here this morning that you're glad for the sovereignty, the power, the authority, the promise of our Lord? Oh, Moses went in there. This meek and humble man had a speech impediment. He didn't even want to talk to Pharaoh. He wanted Aaron, he wanted Aaron to go and speak for him. We find that God was using him. And as we look at all this, he goes in. Those, those Israelites, they were slaves. They had, been, they had been making bricks for Pharaoh. They had been under cruel taskmasters. The Bible speaks and says that it was a time, amen, for the Israelites that a Pharaoh rose into power who did not know who Joseph was. You have to understand that up until this point, there had been much favor for the Israelites in Egypt by way of Joseph's influence in Egypt. But now Joseph is dead. All of those that knew Joseph was dead. There was no more allegiances. There was no more loyalties. And now a Pharaoh has come in. The Egyptian or the Israelites are slaves. They are made slaves by way of the fact the Egyptians were fearful of them. They were, the Israelites were growing and multiplying and being blessed even in the midst of their slavery. It was a situation that when you look at it you can only say but God. And Moses comes in and he not only tells Pharaoh, but he tells the children of Israel. He said, God sent me here. The I am sent me here. And this is what he's going to do. We're going to get out of this place. He's going to lead you out of here in victory. You're going to be led out of here blessed. You're going to go out of here not only blessed, but you're going to be well. You're going to be whole. We find that in all of this, that the, the Israelites, their eyes are on Moses. Their hearts are turning towards God. They are finding as the plagues are falling and only touching the Egyptians, but the Israelites are spared. Their hearts are being turned over. They, Brother Casey, are believing in the amen. They are believing in the promise. Everybody's excited. Everybody's talking about the promised land. Everybody's talking about milk and honey. Everybody's getting a vision, Sister Mary, about what their house is going to look like in the promised land. Everybody's looking through the eyes of faith as what their cattle, their fields, their crops, their course of business, their family. I imagine, Sister Laura, they're picturing their children enjoying the promised land. I mean, what doesn't sound good about it? What doesn't sound wonderful about it? Hallelujah. Oh, I mean, it was sign me up. Stamp my ticket. I'm going to get ready. Amen. What did God tell the Israelites through Moses? When the Passover was taking place and the death angel was coming through Egypt he said when you go to bed or uh, while you're there in the house he said you keep your shoes on and you keep yourself ready because we are on our way out of here. I want to tell you who in their right mind wouldn't shout over that? Who in their right mind wouldn't rejoice? That we're out of here. 
It's the amen. It's the hallelujah. It's the glory be to God. It's the isn't God good. It's the I'm saved and I know it. Come on here. It's the when everybody asks you how you doing. Oh, we're just a, I'm walking, talking revival. Come on here. Hallelujah. Ain't nothing bringing me down. I love God. I'm going to serve him all the days of my life. Does anybody hear where I'm going with this? It's the amen. Times are good. In the country, we'd say we're walking in tall cotton. Come on here. Amen. Money's coming in. Kids are behaving. Grades are good. The spouse loves you. I mean, everything. The car's running right. I mean, just everything's going good. It's the amen. Right here, seven days in. There's new things, new anticipation. We can sit here and I mean I could preach this thing and only talk about the promises of God and the promised land. And I mean I'll shout, you'll shout, we'll all shout. We'll all be amen and we'll all clap our hands. We'll be glory to God and, and we'll do all of that kind of stuff. Everybody will be amen. But I want to let you know that the amen is just a season. I came to tell somebody, I said, oh great, here we go. Thanks, Brother Jacob. I mean, nobody can deliver a lead balloon like you can. <laughs> Come on here. Everything's looking up, Brother Chad. I mean, woo, glory. And I mean, everybody's amen and everybody's excited. Everybody's got revival. All the prayers are being answered. It's amen season. We love that season. Everybody's going to the promised land. Amen. Uh, I forget which it was uh, one of them personality. Who was it who'd say, you get a car and you get it. That was Oprah, wasn't it? You get it. Well, I'm not giving out cars today. But Moses was saying, you're going, and you're going, and you're going. We're all going to the promised land. I mean, whoa, everybody's excited. And that's how we are. That's how we often are, conditioned as a church, conditioned as God's people. Oh, we love his promises. He said this is what he's going to do. I mean, it'll cause you to kick your leg, pump your fist, run around the church. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, this is going to happen. 2024, you know, we know all the sayings. New year, new me. I mean, you just wait. Give me three months, baby. You ain't going to recognize me. Oh, <laughs> Somebody said last, uh, last year They said I got to December the 31st And I had enough money in my bank account I didn't have to work the rest of the year <laughs> Come on here I had a little bit of retirement For about 12 hours Brother Udy Come on I mean, we look at all these things and everybody's excited. We can go through our 21 days of prayer and fasting, time of renewal. Everybody's pumped. Everybody's excited. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Amen is wonderful. Amen is needed. Amen is desired. And amen is real. I'm not here to despise it, make fun of it, tease it. We need those moments. We need that excitement. We need that anticipation. You know what that's called? Hope. It's called hope. Sister Linda, what did the Bible say? That faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
So what happens, there's nothing wrong with hope. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us, and I shared this Wednesday night, the dangerous part comes when there is no hope. It says when hope is deferred, the heart is made sick. Discouragement sets in. Depression can get a hold of you. Discontentment can invade your mind. We've got to have hope. God has conditioned us. As a matter of fact, Brother Tobin, the Word of God says that every man has been given a measure of faith. So that lets me know that instinctively God put in me as a human being. I've been created after the image of God. And so instinctively in me there are those glimmers of hope. When we have that, it is that that measure of faith that sister Karen is at work and God uses hope and the substance of it to produce faith because sister joy I also read that without faith it is impossible to please God that's why I say the amen season is needed we need to hold to the promises of God sometimes we're cynical Sometimes we're cautious. I don't want to get too radical, preacher. I don't want to get too excited. I don't want to worship too much. That's okay. We see it. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't, want, to, I don't, I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to lose control here because, you know, every good thing comes to an end. All of this happens and all of that happens. And for some, maybe today, you're having a hard time even just stepping into the season of amen. Maybe today you're having a hard time embracing the fact that, yes, God still wants to do something in you. That, yes, God still will do something through you and for you. That God wants to impact you and your family. That God wants to move. Amen in this church that God wants to send revival to you personally that God wants to resurrect you from places maybe that have been dead and stagnant I don't know about you but I thank God for the promises and for the season of amen he said this is what I'm going to do now After God said that something he was going to do, we are left in a peculiar position. There are many things, Aunt Janita, that God has said he would do and he did on my behalf. And there were things I could not do in my own. And I look and I recognize and see it's only because of the goodness of God that this has come to pass. But we are in a particular situation because what we come to find that often with the promises of God, there has to be a performance. As a matter of fact, let me just say this, is that anytime God promises his people something, there will be a performance to those promises being accomplished. Well, whose has to perform, Brother Jake? Some of you looking at me cross-eyed right now. What am I, what do you mean? What I mean is the fact that so many times in the amen moment when we hear the promises, we tend to be conditioned. Maybe it's an American problem. 
Maybe it's a, 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 a 20th century problem, a Western civilization problem. Because we are conditioned that when we want something or something is, is available to us, we typically get it in a hurry. We typically do. We were talking with Aaron and Kara the other night. Judah called me. He wanted to see me. So, so I went over there to visit him. And uh, we were talking, we, were, we, we got to talking about furniture. And Sister Kara, she had Pap's chair there at the house. And, and uh, we were talking about furniture we started out with. And, and it got us to talking about, I remember we, we had my mother and father-in-law, we had one of their recliners and we had a, they had a sleeper sofa that weighed 2,500 pounds. That we moved into an upstairs apartment. I was 20 years old. I wouldn't do it at 43. How we got it up there without killing ourselves, I'll never know. It was a miracle, Brother Chad. That's all I can tell you. It was an amen moment. We talked about this, uh, just what we, you know, what you start out with. And somebody had once said that, you know, what this generation now gets in a matter of five years, it took our parents and grandparents 30 years and 20 years to get what we get now. Now, a family gets married, the next week they have a mortgage, the next week they have a dog, and nine months later they have a child. And somewhere in between, they got a couple of new cars. Come on here. And it's true, I'm not knocking it, if you can do it with wisdom, if you can do it without overloading yourself to your eyeballs with debt, if you can, if you can make it happen, that's wonderful. But I, I'm saying that to say this. We are accustomed. We want it. We get it. Everybody in this church, you know about old J.G. Wentworth. Eight, seven, you might as well say You know you want to sing it. 877 cash now. I want my money now, JG. Oh, JG's, I mean, he's built himself an empire over getting everybody their cash now. You see, and we are so preconditioned in the fact that when we are looking at the promises of God, we're excited. It's an amen moment. But now, he has promised it, but a performance has to take place. And sometimes we don't like how God performs. Sometimes God's taking too long in the performance. Sometimes it's been a long stretch. God, you promised this, but now where are you at? God, you said this, but where are you? I want you to understand is that your amen moments, your promises that God has given, and they're real, Brother Eli, and they're true. I've already established that this morning by way of his word. But you will step from amen into the next season of oh my. 
Oh my, I didn't know it would feel like this. Oh my, I didn't know that there'd be people that wouldn't like me along the way. I didn't know there'd be people that when God promised his blessing, that they would be jealous. I didn't know that ministry would look like this, sound like this. I didn't know that the family, that this could happen, this dynamic could take place. I didn't know that I, I I mean, God promised, but I wasn't expecting this diagnosis. I wasn't expecting this hardship. You see what happened? is uh, there comes a point in time that you will stand at the precipice of the promises of God and you're going to have to either believe him or you're going to have to believe the report of the circumstance around you. I'm telling you this morning things that you want from God, things that you're believing God for, things that you know God has spoken to you, you will be challenged. It'll seem like there's days that God's dragging his feet. It'll seem like there's times that he's disinterested. There'll be times that nobody believes what you said God said. Come on here. It's a oh my moment. The Israelites went from amen to oh my. Let me remind you again again of amen. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and large land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And Exodus chapter 3 verses 7 and 8 is not the only place that God promised that. If you go and read throughout the book of Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you will find this phrase continues to show up. God was constantly reminding them of their amen. We get to Numbers. Chapter 13, I want you to catch what happens. 25 through 29, spies were sent out. Many of you know the story. Twelve spies were sent out. It says, and they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them, unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Remember, Moses had even told him, he said, if, it's, if you're able, said, get some of the fruit. Get some of the things to bring back where we can look and see how goodly it is. They cut a cluster, a cluster of grapes. And that cluster of grapes was so plenteous and so bountiful, it took two men to carry it on a staff between them. Pretty impressive. God was in the business of Miracle Grow before Miracle Grow ever happened. I mean, it was impressive. They brought that fruit. Listen to what they said. They showed him the fruit and they told him and said, We came unto the land where you sent us, and surely it flowed with milk and honey. It was good. Best of the best. Cream of the crop. Look at the fruit. I mean, it was amazing. And they told him and said, Nevertheless, the people that are there, they're strong that dwell in that land. The cities are walled up. 
and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. These were descendants of giants. The men were very large, very strong. They were known for being very courageous in battle. They were known as warriors. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, Jebusites, the Amorites. Remember them ites? They was having family reunion. They dwell in the mountains. And then the Canaanites dwell by the sea at the coast of Jordan. Now, there's not one thing in there that deviates from what God said was a part of their promise, is there? He said, I'll bring you up out of this land. I'll deliver you out of Egypt. I'll bring you up out. I'm going to provide you a land that flows with milk and honey. And what did we read in Exodus? All the ites are there. He named them. He said, they're all going to be there. So it was not a situation that they got there and God played a trick on them. It was not a situation that they got there and God decided to lie to them. The amen was still there. But now they've got to deal with oh my. Ten of the twelve spies, ten of them are giving this report. If you read through the rest of this chapter that I'm reading to you from, they said, we are like grasshoppers. There is no way that we can stand against them. What are we supposed to do? Just march in there and take it? What are we supposed to do? I mean, this don't make any sense. As a matter of fact, as you read this, it's interesting because, Sister Linda, it says the entire congregation of Israel, they begin to mourn. They begin to weep. They, uh, Moses, and Aaron they laid in the middle of the congregation of the children of Israel because you know what the children of Israel wanted to do let's kill our leaders let's stone them somebody lied to us because our amen was not supposed to look like this we find Moses pleaded with them Moses reminded them of God's power. Moses reminded, as a matter of fact, I mean, it got, it got God mad. He heard their complaints. He saw the way they were. And God said, I tell you what, he said, I'm going to start over with the two of you. And he said, I'm going to make a nation mightier than what was out of y'all. And Moses, in his sincerity, his meekness and humility, he pleaded with God. He said, don't destroy him. He said, if you do, then all the people in Egypt are going to say, all you did was bring him out here to kill him. He said, don't do that. Don't do it. Please spare him. Can you imagine? This is just a little side note. Pastor Moses is getting ready to get stoned, and then in the next breath, he's pleading with God to save. You ever throw me in a circle and you're going to stone me? I might just say, get him, God, get him. God, I have to really do a sanctifying work in my heart. But Moses, he pled with God. God spared him. But God said, here's going to be the punishment. Those that are 20 years old and older, you're going to die in this wilderness. He said, there's going to be a year added to this. The math came out, as we know, to the 40 years in the wilderness. And he said, you will die. Your bodies will litter this wilderness 
and there will not be access into the promised land until every one of those that doubted me are gone. That's pretty stout, isn't it? Pretty stout. He said, the only ones out of this generation that's going to make it into the promised land is Joshua and Caleb. They were the two spies that said, we got this. It's the amen of God. But there were too many people hung up on the oh my. I'm preaching to someone here this morning. You're rejoicing. I mean on Sunday morning you're amening. But on Monday you're oh my. I've been there. I'll still be there some days. There's some times that Brother Chad I mean it's like heaven, heaven reached down and kissed earth in this building. And I mean, you, we, we got people, Jericho, marching, shouting, crying, praying together, weeping together. And then come Monday, the amen on Sunday doesn't look that way on Monday morning. It don't feel that way. And it turns into, oh my, oh my, where's God at? Oh my, I can't believe. Oh my, I don't know if I'll ever go back to church again. Oh my, Brother Jacob, he just, he just building it, he just cheerleading us. Oh my, I didn't suffer oh my I didn't know I'd have to go through the wilderness oh my God where are you at oh my God you're taking too long oh my God you're not doing it the way I want it oh my will meet all of us it might be day seven and you're already full blown into oh my I saw it. Brethren, I've got a gentleman at the door. I saw it when you sat down this morning. I could hear it. You ever hear, you know, some people say your body tells you your age when you get up in the morning, snap, crackle, and popping. Some of you, your body language tells where you're at spiritually. Oh my. Come on, church, let's stand, let's lift our hands. I'm just doing this to appease him. I wish he would shut up. Come on, let's worship. Lift up your voice. There's a line inside of those lungs. No, that line done died. He's a snaggletooth tiger right now. There ain't no lion. He's a gummy lion right now. Ain't nothing there. Let's pray, church. Let's fast. The church is going to be open for prayer, prayer meeting. Let's get our minds on the Lord. And some of you thinking, I'll tell you what you can do with your 21 days of renewal. I've done used it as burn paper on the fireplace this week, Pastor. You know why? As you're living in oh my. You're living at the place where you don't really realize it, but you're standing right in the vicinity of God's promises. You're standing right on the precipice of prayers being answered. You're standing right on the cusp of God doing something tremendous in your life, but the oh my seems so big. 
and you have listed every reason why you can't start, why you can't be faithful, why you can't serve, why you can't give, why you can't pray, why you can't fast. Lord knows we got reasons why we can't be at church. I'm saying it with a smile. Oh, my. You know what the saddest oh, my is? The saddest oh, my is those that will believe that report and they never get to step foot into what God has. God, when he gives his promise, I told you there's a performance that's going to take place. But I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of times in his performance and how he works, there is work that I am to do. We don't hear preaching on this very often. Nowadays, we want pastors and preachers to tell us, you just sit back. You just come and sit on your cushioned pew, your air-conditioned building. And I mean, God's just going to, I mean, he's just going to dump it out. He's just going to do that. He's just going to do this. And he's going to do that. There's no accountability. There's no prerequisites. There's no living holy. There's no forgiving. There's no, there's no getting over your bitterness. There's no putting your sin under the blood. There's no being faithful. It's just, you just, you, you, you come as you are. Do what you want. We have forgotten that sometimes, Sister Gwen, to attain the promises of God, it's going to take men and women to put their face in the carpet, leave some tear stains on the altar. It's some days when you've just got to straighten your shoulders, Brother Chad, and you don't feel saved. It don't look like revival, but you stand and say, God's good anyway. I'll give a hallelujah anyhow. I'm going to serve the Lord. Oh, I told you last Sunday, we need some people to say, let it be made known. I'm not going by fear or favor. I'm not going by what everybody else's status quo is. I want to grab a hold of God's promise. Yes, there'll be some oh my's. Yes, there'll be some doubters. Yes, there'll be some storms. But God is faithful. And His promise remains true. We need... To go from oh my, because the oh myers, they didn't possess the land. The oh myers died in the wilderness. I love you enough to tell you if you never get out of oh my, if you never escape that train of thought, if you never allow the Spirit of God to break the oppression of that spirit, so I'm going to tell you right now, the oh my spirit, it's a real spirit. Those ten men, they said, yep, it's true, it's all there. Yep, it's true, here's the fruit. Yes, it was a good land. Yes, it was flowing with milk and honey. But, oh my, 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 my. We need some men and women who will say, it's mine. It's mine. Well, Brother Jacob. Hold on, that doesn't sound very, that doesn't sound very proper. I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't know if spiritually minded people act that way. I mean, that kind of sounds selfish. That kind of sounds pretentious. That kind of sounds arrogant. 
I mean, I don't know. And I'm going to tell you something. All of those things that sometimes we, we think while we're sitting by with our hands folded and we're not prayerful and we're not seeking the word of God and we're afraid we're going to hurt somebody's feelings and we're afraid we're going to upset the devil. Sometimes the devil looks like the person on the other side of the room. Uh-oh, come on somebody. But Jake, you're saying that? Yeah, because sometimes somebody on the other side of the room ain't going to like what God's doing in your life. They'll accuse you. They'll point their finger. They'll say you're the favorite. They'll say you're a pretender. They'll do all these things. I mean, all this stuff can happen. There'll be an onslaught of hell, all this kind of stuff. And let me just say this, what it boils down to, if God said that we could have it, then we need some people who will stand up again and believe that if God said it, then he's going to do it. And if he said that that includes me and my family and my church and my call and my purpose, then I need to start saying, it's mine, it's mine, hallelujah, it's mine. Instead of being bound by oh my come on here you know what Caleb said let me just read it to you you ain't got to take my word for it same chapter they finished in 29 of all the ites that lived there 20, verse 30 numbers 13 and Caleb stilled the people you know what that means he said shut up I'm sure he was holy and sanctified about it. Hush! Will the ten of you close your mouth for one minute? Listen to what he said. He stilled the people before Moses and said, right now, let's go. He says, let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. You want to know why the devil wants to keep you beat down? You want to know why he wants to keep you in a place of doubt? You want to know why he wants you to think you don't have permission, right, or authority to the things of God? When God's word says otherwise, it's because he wants you to real, He doesn't want you to realize that you are just steps away from possessing it. All it takes is somebody to go from amen and say, I'm tired of oh my, and I'm I'm going to stand and say it's mine he said come on come on everybody let's go right now let's not wait let's not tarry we're able to do it Caleb's decision was not based upon his ability when he said we are able he was speaking in the context knowing God said it was He said it was ours. Can I challenge you this morning, Sister Carolyn, if you'll make your way? What would happen, Brother Price, if we start praying with an it's mine mentality? Somebody right now is getting nervous. You're, you're shaking right now. Oh, Jesus, help us. He's now turned into one of them name it, claim it, blab it, and grab it. 
I knew it took him four and a half years, but here he is. I mean, he, we, knew, we knew that hillbilly from Missouri. He was a weirdo. You know I ain't talking about that nonsense. But can I tell you what the Word of God says? Are you ready? This will blow your mind. Are you sure you're ready? Okay. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Do you hear that? Say it with me. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. Well, but I don't. That's for the super, ultra, elite, spiritual people, not me. Who said? Caleb said, It's mine. All of those doubters, all of those that continued to live in the land of oh my, died. Let's fast forward. This is the last piece of scripture I'm going to read to you. Joshua 14, 9 through 12. Moses sware on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon, and you have to understand, this is Joshua reminding the people. Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever. You see, I didn't say this, but this is something to remember. If you live in oh my, your children's going to die in oh my. They're going to die there. But he said, the inheritance is yours and your children's. And he says, forever. Can I just share with you a little bit, Brother Gary, right now, all the fighting that's going on in Israel, all the warring that's happening is a direct result of this promise right here. If you want living proof, if you want, if you say, I, I need to know that, that his promises are viable, I'll tell you right now, every nation of the world could lift their head against Israel right now. And God promised he would keep Israel. The fighting that's going on, it's because there are people who do not believe this promise. God said it was their land, Brother Wesley. And there's not a dictator, not a nation, a president, a leader, a missile, a military who's able to take it away from them. Because God said it was his amen. Because thou hast holy, that word there, holy, meaning completely, followed the Lord my God. And now... Behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake his word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in wilderness. And now, this is Caleb speaking, I am this day fourscore and five years old, as, I, as yet I am as strong today. As I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. For war to go out 
to come in. Listen to what he says. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. He didn't look through cataracts, a cane, a walker, and social security and say, well, that was just the good old days. It's over. Uh Uh-uh. He said, I'm still as strong today. I'm still living on the amen. He said, give me this mountain. He said, I wanted that mountain back then. I told him, let's go take it now. He said, but here we are. We've cleared out the riffraff. All the O'Myers have died. The A-Manners are still alive. And the It's-Miners are going to take it. He said, give me that mountain. He said, it's mine. The promises of the Lord are yea and amen. Who said, Sister Amber, that you can't? Who told you, Brother Keith, you're not allowed? Who said, Brother Ringo, it could never be for your family? Who was it, Brother Phillips, that said, well, that's for everyone else but you? I'll tell you who says that nonsense. Hell does. Amen. Oh, my. And I pray before we leave this house, there's some folks that say, it's mine. It's mine. Heads bowed all over this house. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I pray right now, the Holy Ghost deal with hearts. I believe this word is crucial. I believe it's going to set the tone and the mandate for many in this house this morning, Lord. I believe that you have given me this thought on purpose right now for such a time as this. Some that are struggling with doubts. Some in the valley of decision. Some that think they're not qualified. Some that think that they can't. Some where every lie of hell has permeated their mind. But today I pray that when the amen of God, the promises of God are up against the oh my. Maybe when it seems that time is running out. Maybe when it seems like there's not enough resource. Maybe when it seems like it's impossible. Maybe when we are telling ourselves and believing the lie that it's for others but not me. I pray God today, may we keep on moving and marching out of oh my. And we step into it's mine. Not because of who we are, not because of our resume or pedigree. But today we, be by way of the blood of Jesus, have been made joint heirs with Him. All things that belong to the Father belong to the Son. And the things that belong to the Son belong to His children. Father, let us step into the promises. Let us step into the place. Let us be willing to wait, to war, to pray, to serve, to cry to shout, to sing, whatever we need to do so that we can experience it's mine. It's mine. This morning, church, I pray, as the Holy Ghost is dealing, I pray that right now there's things flashing before your mind about your family, about your health, about ministry, about purpose about your spirit, your heart, your mind, your emotions. I pray that right now there are some oh my moments and they're trying to pop their head up 
talk you out of even praying today. Talk you out of even trying to approach God today. But somebody this morning needs to step out and say, it's mine. It's mine. That family, Lord, you gave me, it's mine. That marriage you gave me, it's mine. That call you've given me, it's mine. This congregation, it's mine. What are the promises? What are the things that God's been speaking? What are the things that you've been believing for? You've been cautiously optimistic. You've been trying to look for a loophole in case it doesn't work out. Because you don't want to be called crazy. You don't want to be called radical for believing God. But I pray in this house today there's some folks that will dare believe him. I pray there's some Caleb's that will stand and say, give me the mountain. I pray there's some that would say, I've been asking, I've been seeking, and I've been knocking. I pray there's some that would say, I'm not going to die in the desert of oh my. But I want to step into the promised land of its mine. Because I know God is faithful to provide His promise, His amen in my life, for my family, for my church. If that's you this morning, come on, don't hesitate. Right now, by faith, you're either, oh my, or you're whether, or you're, it's mine. Right now, as the Lord is dealing, right now, as the Lord is speaking, right now, as there are things upon your heart, do not hesitate. Do not sit there and second guess. Do not sit there and think, well, I'm not qualified. None of us are. It's the blood of Jesus that qualifies us. Oh, you're not able to do it. Of course you're not. Not in your strength. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by a spirit. Oh, God, open the doors. Oh, God, do a work. Oh God, would you heal? Oh God, would you feel? Oh God, would you make a way? Oh, you still make a way in the wilderness. You call streams to flow in the desert. Oh, in the mighty Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, rend your hearts. Rend your hearts. Seek him today. Seek him while he may be found. Seek him while he's near. Oh, Lord, I'm going to call upon your name. I'm going to believe you this morning. Come on. Oh, don't you wait. Don't you hesitate. Oh, Lamb of God. Oh, Lamb of God. There's pain.